We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. The best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. Tuesday, that's the day in case you didn't know. Dan Day. That's my name, in case you didn't know, at Dan Day Radio. That's my Twitter handle. I'm going to let you know, though, on the way, you're going to hear from Joe Rose talking to football with Matt Hayes. The Dan Levitard has that always tintillating, useless sound montage. Then keeping it Miami with Huckman and Crowder. They are at the BB&T Center as we speak, getting ready for the Florida Panthers hockey match by downing a bunch of funky Buddha beer. We're going to hear from them pre-beer, but right now, Let's hear some headlines. The Dolphins released running back Mark Walton in the wake of his arrest for a domestic incident. Miami plays in Cleveland Sunday at 1. Phillip Rivers threw four interceptions and the Chargers lost to the Chiefs 24-17. Next NFL game is Thursday night, Texas versus Indianapolis at 8-20. Kane's offensive coordinator Dan Enos says the team has a Tate Martell package that we could see Saturday when Miami faces FIU at Marlins Park. Kick is at 7. Two college football games on tap tonight. Eastern Michigan takes on Northern Illinois. Then Ohio battles Bowling Green. Both start at 7.30. Last night, Luka Doncic became the second youngest player to score a 40-point triple-double, helping his Mavs defeat the Spurs. 7.30 tomorrow, it's Heat versus Cavs at the AAA. They will do so without Justice Winslow, who continues to go through concussion protocol. The Panthers play tonight at the BB&T against the Flyers. Puck drops at 7 course listen to it here on 560 the joe marlins owner Derek jeter is one of 18 who are on the ballot for baseball's hall of fame results of balloting will be released january 21st the mls expansion draft being held today inter miami has five picks on the international level team usa will face cuba tonight at 7 30 and now let's take a step into the day spa <sighs> A Dubai bar is giving ladies free drinks based on their weight. The more they weigh, the more free drinks they get. Chubby chasers, Dubai is your new paradise. A camel, a cow, and a donkey were recently found wandering through a Kansas trailer park. That is the strangest trailer park gang I have ever heard of. An Oregon cat named Sasha disappeared five years ago, but the other day showed up in New Mexico. In cat years, that's about a 35-year-long cat spring break. Sasha, you're my new hero. Now on to weather brought to you by Hialeah Park. Tonight's forecast, partly cloudy with temperatures in the high 60s. For the best poker promotions in South Florida, visit Hialeah Park Poker Room. Come win your share of $350,000 in monthly high-hand giveaways. That's more than $10,000 a day in high hands. Why play anywhere else? Visit HialeahPark.com for more info. In the morning, you got to get up and get some Joe. Whether it's a cup of Joe or the Joe Rose Show, they're weekdays, 6 to 10 a.m. right here on 560 The Joe. Why are we called The Joe? Well, they'll get into that. Also, Joe Rose Show, talking to football extraordinaire Matt Hayes about Tua. He and his family wanted to play, so Saban's off the hook, right? 
Also, they preview a possible SEC championship game between Georgia and LSU. Go Tigers. I'm an alumnus, and I'm from New Orleans, so of course I'm going to say that and believe that. Also, why not get the West Coast involved in the college football playoffs? Not to mention FSU's future. We're going to talk to Matt Hayes, senior national college football writer for Bleacher Report, and he's also an on-air host in Jacksonville on 1010XL. Matt, good morning. Thank you for coming on the show. Good morning, folks. Did you all change your, your radio uh, call sign to after the great Joe Rose? It's now called the Joe? 560, right? the no, Joe, WQAM. It's not yes. named after me. It was named after uh, Matt Cup of Joe. Like, you know, no, I don't believe that. Matt, I don't, don't believe it. The great Joe Rose. That's what I believe. Yeah, don't believe that. It was named after Joe Rose himself. <laughs> hey, man, how you been, man? Enough of that. How you doing? You doing all right? I'm doing well. How about you guys? Man, we're, we're doing great. Uh, you know, we're all kind of fired up about the whole Tua thing. And, uh, you know, tank for Tua. We kind of started it down here in South Florida. And now it's... Uh, it's a, it's a guy that's all banged up. Matt, what was your take on what took place before the half and, and what might happen in the draft? I mean, just really sad. Really, really sad. As far as draft, I mean, he, he, he certainly, if he goes, if he, if he leaves early, which who knows if he will or not, you would think he would considering what's going on. But if he leaves early, I mean, I would think someone's going to take him late in the first round. Someone who has the ability to wait a year. It's disappointing, I mean, clearly. Now, as far as the, I mean, he's also got a history of injuries too, guys. you got to remember that. It's, the, it's each ankle. It's a broken finger on a hand he's had. Um, now it's the hip, and I think it's the lower extremities which really yeah. start to make will make the personnel people start to wonder. As far as the decision itself, I haven't talked to Nick, but I can tell you this: I've never seen Nick look like that ever. I mean, ever. So my guess is, and this is just me guessing, guys. Okay, my guess is Nick didn't want to play him all along, but Tua and his family wanted to play. Now he said Tua and his family wanted him to play. So my guess is Tua says, "I want to play. I want to play. I want to play." And Nick said, all right, we can play. And then they play him. And then near the end of the second, end, end of the first half, Nick's trying to pull him out. You saw Stewart trying to say, hey, I want to play. So he puts him back in. He gets hurt. That's really why I think it looks, Nick in that post game looks like he got run over by a truck. Yeah. I mean, he literally looked terrible. And I, and, and I see him, and I think that was genuine. I don't think that nothing about that was. Um, no, I so agree I, with my, you. My yeah. guess is. My guess is Tua wanted to play. He convinced him to play, so he played him, and now Nick regrets it because Nick realizes that he should have held him out because just for Tua's own good. Well, that ruins my whole thing of blaming Nick Saban all morning long. Thanks, <laughs> Matt. <laughs> I mean, that's just because I mean, if you think about it, Nick knows what his team is, okay? He knows he can beat this city state by 35 with Mac Jones or, or Talia uh, Tagovailoa. He knows a combination of two could have beaten him by 35. There's no reason to play Tua. Not only because you're going to need him in two weeks against Auburn, there was no reason to play him against Mississippi State and Western Carolina because you need him against Auburn. He knows that. I mean, he's, he's the best coach in the history of college football, for God's sake. He understands it. I truly believe that Tua was the one pushing this thing, I want to play, I want to play, I want to play, because every player – wants to play. You know, and Nick, Nick loves the kid. He's always said that. He's one of his favorite players. So, I mean, that's my guess. My guess is that's why he's so torn up about it, is that he probably in his heart of hearts knew, you know, hey, I got talked into this and I shouldn't have got right. talked into uh, Doctors probably had a part to play in this, too. Said he was okay to play, right? Sure. I, I gotta believe sure. they, they gave their two cents on the medical field for uh, for Nick, but... Anyway, he uh, was Joe. He was he was healthy, so it wasn't the ankle, you know. And I know a lot of a lot of you know armchair doctors are saying, well, because the ankle was unstable, you know, that led to another hit. No, it's the free play. Free right. play. Hey, uh, so now we're looking LSU, Ohio State, Clemson, Georgia. Bama's on the outside. They're looking for eye candy points. I, I know they wanted to blow out their last couple. Like, don't forget about us because they're not going to play in a conference championship game. So you, you kind of look at this thing. Bama could get – I don't know what's going to happen with George LSU. What happens in that game, first of all? What do you think happens in that one? 
I mean, I think LSU's going to win the game, but Georgia clearly can win that game. Right. Georgia clearly has the offense to slow down the tempo and has the defense that can get a few stops, that can keep them in the fourth quarter. And if Georgia wins that game and LSU's unbeaten when they win that game, then they're both going to win the playoffs. So then Alabama's definitely out. Well, see, that leads me to the next one, and I wanted to make sure I got it in the right order here. Oregon and Utah are going to play each other in that conference championship game with one loss, most likely. Then one of those teams have to get in. The Pac-12 and the West Coast, don't we need them in the party? Isn't it good for business to get the West Coast a little bit interested in this playoff that seems to take place in the South, mostly? And if you're saying is it good for business, probably, but you're also talking about, you know, you want the four best teams. And are you really going to tell me that if Georgia beats LSU, Georgia wins out beats LSU, that resume they're going to have. Georgia's going to have a resume that's going to include wins over Florida, Auburn, yeah, I know. and then and then LSU, the number one team in the national championship game. In the SEC championship game. Georgia's getting it. They're getting it. And so is LSU. You're not leaving LSU out with four top ten wins. So it's going to be very hard. I think the Pac-12, in that scenario, Joe, in that scenario, the Pac-12 is going to need by an upset in the Big Ten um, or Clemson getting upset to get in. Oh. What do you tell the Pac-12? I mean, it's it's weak. I know everybody makes fun of the Pac-12 out here. It's, you just tell the Pac-12 that they're not they're in. How the hell with all those good players in California? Does the Pac-12 look like this? You know, you know what I tell them. I tell them you beat an Auburn team the first game of the season that's playing a true freshman quarterback who can't throw the ball in his first game. That's what I tell. Them. You, you, you hold on to it. Well, what would they win by 14 points in the fourth quarter in that game? Yeah. You hold on to that lead. And, again, and I love Mario. I, I love Mario to death. He's a great coach. He's doing great things there. Um, and frankly, like if Florida State really wanted to coach, man, I would offer Mario anything. To say, what do you want? What do you want? Well, whatever you want, we'll take. You don't think he'd leave. No, no, you can't tease us with a Cuban kid <laughs> from South Florida. You don't think Mario will come back and take Florida State job. Uh, Leave that you know, Oregon job. You know what's funny, Joe? I, he loves it there. He's doing great things there. He, I, I did this weekly uh, college football show on the stadium with Brendan Murphy, and we have a, each week we interview a coach. And one, and one a week, about probably a month ago, we got Mario on. So it's like a five-minute interview. We throw questions at him. You know, and I said, I said, Mario, you're the first Cuban American head coach in, in college football history. You're a South Florida guy. You play at BU. What in the world are you doing in the Great Northwest? And he started laughing. I said, I said, what's it like? And can you get a good empanada? And he started laughing. <laughs> he said. He said, it's great here, you know, one of those. But I think, I mean, I think it's, it's, a, it's been a culture shock for him as far as that. But, man, he loves that area. They love him. The administration will do anything for him. I mean, Florida State could offer $7 million a year, you know, or whatever. But I, I, I don't know that he'd leave. I just, I just I mean, he's in a good spot. He's in a really good spot. That's a, it, now you got me going on this Florida State topic because right. it's hot down here. We got a large fan base of Florida State fans down here. So who's going to take that job? Who would you say is a front runner that would be interested in taking that job? I'll, I'll tell you, this dude was, was more. Was more part of the the talk and the equation than people think. Uh, I, I just think he I think he couldn't pull the trigger. Um, he probably wasn't wasn't satisfied with what they were saying and where they were headed as far as like support. He's a big guy and like you got to have support around. You got to have you know not not only monetary with facilities and stuff, but you got to have guys within your you know within the administration that know what's going on. And for him to walk into that job knowing that the president's going to be gone in a year, knowing that the AD is going to be gone in a year, he, he's not going to do that. And that's going to be hard for any like elite coach to think. Okay, let's look at this Florida State situation from thirty thousand. All right, they've had three straight seasons where where the the culture has just been yeah, completely rot, rotted to the floor. Right, yep. and then you look at they don't have a football only facility. They have plans to build one. They're, they're in a conference now where you're butting heads with the guy who's probably going better than anybody right now in Davos Swinney. Um, you're going to get a lot of money, but you're also going to get to the point where you got to get there and you got to win now. It's not going to be. Okay, we're going to give you three years because they showed what, what with Willie what they expect. That's a tough job for anybody. Who gets it? I mean, I know there's a lot of big names out there. I, I would think they're probably going to end up with someone like Mark Stoops in Kentucky. And I say end up with, I think Mark's a terrific coach. 
But I think that's probably the best shot. Oh, Mark Stoops would be would be second place if Bob Stoops was once on the mantle, almost for that. Bob's job a little busy point. with the XFL. Right, Leave right, Bob right. alone. But now with all and that, that might be, hey, that might be Bob. You know, if you think about it, if you're Mark, I don't want to. Be, you know, do you want to be second fiddle to your brother? I would say if they're going to give you seven million, yeah, I'll be second fiddle. To my right? Brother. Yeah, I would be second fiddle <laughs> to my brother for seven million year old. But Matt, Matt, with saying all this, what does it even matter? When is the Deion Sanders press conference to announce him as head coach? <laughs> Can you imagine Dion doing that? Right. Like I I saw <laughs> no. that, and I saw intrigue all over that because it's like, all right, I don't know how much of a coach he could be, but if he hires a good OC and a DC, he'll be one hell of a recruiter. Uh, he Sanders. gets in the door. He gets in every door. Right. Oh, are you uh, kidding me? No he, I mean, he would be – and the thing is, everybody thinks about Dion. Oh, he's just crazy, you know, you know, bombastic guy. Dion is about as, as like, centered and focused and, and kind of like a, a, a real dude as you get. But he just – that's just like this persona. Dion's never sworn his life. In his life. Doesn't drink, doesn't smoke, none of that. And Dion, I, I, if Dion could put the right guys around him, I think he could win. He could win. Now, I don't know if he'd win like Florida State fans wanted to win, but it's the same situation with like Ed Reed came out about a uh, month and a half ago and said, I want to coach. And I think that would be a great coach because you've got guys that are these charismatic, uh, um, charismatic guys that know the game, number one, and then they know people. I, I mean, you've got to take more chances on guys like that, I think, anyway. Instead of yeah. continuing to go back to the same guys who have failed elsewhere or who are 7-5 and five at another school, but you, they're getting there. Yeah, I, I think why not take chances? Not only just take chances on, on that big of a job, but other programs have taken chances on other guys not as big. Like Randy with Randy Shannon. You know, they all jumped on Randy's back. They didn't want Randy or anyone to go up PR coaching. Look what happened. So I fear, I fear that's what's happening right now at Florida State with Odell Hagan, who's a good dude, 30-year guy there, and all the players are saying they want him now, and now Odell says he's interested in the job. You know, I fear Florida State's going to get caught up in that. That might not be the right move. Matt, thank you for your time, Thank buddy. you, Matt. Appreciate it, buddy. Okay, boys. Prime time back at FSU. What next? Michael Irvin, an assistant coach at the U? Crazier things have happened. I don't know what's going to happen. We'll just have to wait and see. Of course, we'll keep you up to date on all things going on sports-wise right here on 560 The Joe. Joe Rose in the morning. Nobody does it better. Of course, nobody does it better in the middays from 10 to 1 weekdays than Dan Lebitar. And up next... They've got that always fun, useless sound montage coming your way on the Best of the Joe Show. You're listening to the Best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. I am Dan Day. Give me a follow on Twitter. Always got some interesting day spa ah, and other things on my Twitter page at Dan Day Radio. Got some broadcaster birthdays, some BBs as we call them. Ahmad Rashad, 70 years old. Fellow ESPN broadcaster Michael Wilbon, 61. And Larry King turns 86 today, which coincidentally matches the amount of marriages he's had in his lifetime. So happy birthday to all of those broadcasters. Speaking of great broadcasters, Dan Levitard from right here in Miami, broadcasting from right here in Miami. And you can hear him right here on 560 The Joe weekdays from 10 to 1 earlier. That useless sound montage that we all love so much. Also, Bamani Jones joined the show talking about Cap's haphazard workout and Jay-Z's involvement. Now I'd like to introduce y'all to the man, the myth, the legend. The MVP front runner. If anybody else got to say something different about that, then come see me. I'm right here in Beemore outside the bank. If you got an issue with that, come see me. I'm about that. Big trust. Woo woo. We, uh, for us, we just 
we, we look at, at us. Well, we just played for three hours, so I think everyone's a little tired. This team found a way to win, and that's all you can do on some weekends. You always want to play your best football every week. I mean, you watch the Chargers play, though, and I mean, they take one step forward, two back. You know, we gave uh, a lot of plays out there. You know, there's some there's some plays we left on, on the field. We left some plays out there. We knew that we were gonna, someone was going to make a play to win the game, and uh, if we just believed in each other, then uh, we were going to win the game. But you sleep already? We just started. How are you going to be taking a nap? God. You already sleep? This game's way more than between the lines. The things you learn, the, the uh, toughness and all the all the things that you have to work on to help you be a better person, man, husband, father. You know, I have a lot of peace with my heart and my mind. Yeah, I just uh, let them know that, you know, there's no give up in myself. Um, I'm a positive person. I believe in positivity. And uh, the only way I know how to dig out of this is going back to work. We did what we had to do if we wanted to try to get in this thing. Anytime you get Todd involved like that, it's usually always a good thing for our offense. We have a lot of faith. You know, it's a substance of things unseen. What were your perspective on what happened at the end? I'll keep my thoughts to myself. You guys saw what happened at the end. You have no comment about it? That's exactly what I said. I got no comment. Have you ever seen anything like that at the end of the game? No more questions regarding that because I'm saying nothing. He threw the ball in the directions he needed to. He just didn't do the things he was supposed to do. You know, we practice well, we prepare well, we perform well, and that's uh, that's on me. As the stakes get bigger, your focus has to be narrower. We got to keep it nice and tight, and keep it locked in on what we have to get done. You know, one day at a time. I thought they had the eye of the tiger. They really did. Thumb or no thumb, I just needed to hold on to the ball. Always love. Keep keep going. Keep running. Games in this league are lost more than one. I like to share my joy with some joyous Raider fans as much as possible. Oh, yeah, I have to, you know, watch the film and improve on things I can improve on. We'll evaluate this, we'll assess who's available to us and plot a course to move forward. Well, I just think he's steadily improving, just from game to game, even from practice to practice. Tonight, uh, true team performance uh, in every sense, offense, defense, special teams, complimentary football. You have to have character, and, and as, as one person texted me, you know, that that doesn't happen to basic people. No, you don't expect that. I mean, that was, that was remarkable. You know, it was incredible. I, I've never seen one quite like it, except for last week. I don't know. Uh, I, don't, I have no idea. I have no idea what pass interference is anymore. No idea. We, uh, we're going to scratch and fight. Like I said last week, you might beat us, but we're going to be there. We're going to go 15 rounds with you. We're not going to quit. And that's something I'm, I'm really proud of. Tomlin says nothing well. Correct me if I'm wrong, but aren't games won and lost at the exact same rate? Uh, yes. Tomlin plotted a course. That's all he said. He plotted a course. He's always evaluating, assessing, and plotting. That's right. There's always a plotting <laughs> going on. Put it on the poll, Guillermo. At Levitard Show is uh, Mike Tomlin always uh, <laughs> evaluating, assessing, and plotting. As Stugatz mentioned, you should download The Right Time with Bomani Jones wherever it is you get your podcasts, and you should watch High Noon weekdays, 4 p.m. on ESPN. Let's start with the coverage of the Colin Kaepernick weekend fiasco as you're watching the coverage where are some places you think people are getting it wrong first of all let's start with the fact that it's dapped up to black panther right before we did this i was getting prepared for you dan he's there with you now he's at seaport no no he just left but right as i was on hold he came over to the desk and dabbed me up and i just wanted to make sure that you understood that when i come to serve this purpose for you i go talk to the black panther first (laughs) very good With with that in mind the big thing is the waiver really hasn't been treated with the level of seriousness 
wasn't talking about this to me, right? Like, if if, if you have any deal whatsoever, and at the end somebody's like, yeah, you just uh, go ahead and sign right there, and you look at it, you're like, nah, dog, like, nah, this this is a problem here. That seems to be like a pretty objective thing that most people could agree upon and be like, nah, that'll be something that can hold you up. Like, the whole haphazard nature of this whole thing, I don't think it's been highlighted enough because people want to lean in on the idea that if you really want to play in the NFL, you'll do anything in the world. you crawl over broken glass in order to get in there. And not observing just like what a disaster of planning this was for the NFL if their intentions were pure. You got any theories on why it was so haphazard? Yeah, I think that the commissioner wants this to happen. And I think, and I don't know why this had to be done in such a quick time period or anything else. Like that part confuses me. But I think the commissioner wants Colin Kaepernick to be back in the league. Uh, for people I've talked to, Raj don't want this on his name. Like he does not want this to be on his legacy. And I think that that's a big part of this. And he's like, cool, let's go ahead and make this happen. But then they become the NFL. And they're just generally incompetent. And so they mess this whole thing up. And then everybody's got their own hand and their own agenda in trying to make this happen. And I think the waiver part probably gets to Jeff Pash. And he's like, oh, yeah, I got something for you right here. And so we're going to try to slide this thing here at the end and then try to go strong arm it as a result. But I do think it start with people who do want Kaepernick to be in the league. But then it becomes an NFL production. And they're not good at doing stuff. Do you think Colin wants this to happen? No question. I don't think there's any plausible argument against it other than just cynicism. But based on everything that he's done, I don't think that anybody can point to anything that he's done to indicate that he does not want to be an NFL quarterback. If for no other reason, then they ain't paying them prices at McDonald's, baby. Where else he going to make that money? At Nike, he's making some of that, Mikey. Uh, what is the fairest criticism you've heard? Have you heard any fair criticism of Colin Kaepernick? Yeah, well, I mean, I think, I don't know if for me on my end, even if it counts as like fully a criticism, but I mean, he's got a Neo in the Matrix. Like, I don't think that he jumped into this three years ago and knew that it was going to blow up in the way that he did and that he would be kind of the front of the movement. And so there have been certain missteps, I think it's fair to say, that they've made along the way. And people who do business with his camp don't always come away from it feeling like it was the best experience for them. But I think that they are definitely figuring this all out along the way. Um, I would say, like, for example, and I don't think, I mean, this kind of counts as a misstep. It's not relevant to what's taking place because this was not a determining factor in how the weekend shook out. But if I were advising him, I probably wouldn't wear the Kunta Kente shirt. Me? Probably not, right? Like, I do think that to a degree it is still a job interview, but this process never even got far enough to where that that was a holdup or that was a hassle or that was a thing that created a problem. You know, like those sorts of things, I I would think are a little needless and I would not engage in them to try to if I'm trying to get back in the NFL like there's a certain measure of compromise on some of those things that I think you probably need to do especially stuff that don't matter like what shirt how about the defiance how about the idea of you know he hasn't spoken very much at all and when he did speak he says you know stop running you know that in instances like this people want to see even if it isn't deserved some form of broken or contrite or or something a fewer degrees diluted than defiant. Right, but the dilemma is what's there to be contrite for, right? Like you got to do something wrong in order to be contrite, and I don't think he had, there's anything that you can really argue that he's done quote-unquote wrong. I'd also say about that interview on Saturday, imagine being the dude who had to do all this stuff in that day and you're trying to find the new facility and all this stuff, and then you actually have to do this workout where a significant part of your livelihood may hinge on the results of it and and now, after all of that's done, you stand in front of a bunch of people who support you and a few people who came out there and you're being asked to make some sort of statement. Like, imagine the emotion level that you're going to be dealing with at that point. I think that what he said was reasonably human and not incorrect. Now, was it the best thing to say strategically? One could argue that it wasn't, but I think that focusing on flaws in his own strategy is a real cowardly kind of play that a lot of people are engaging in. Stephen A. Smith was mentioning that 60 minutes away uh, that Colin had already prepared his 
his own video team, his own security team, which suggests that perhaps uh, before the last minute he was uh, planning to do something like this that would turn everything upside down, perhaps because he didn't like that he was uh, forced in a moment to decide whether or not to agree to the workout and was take it or leave it. Um, is that, do you feel like that's valid? I talked to someone close to Colin yesterday who says that is 100% not true. Okay, this is another thing that I have a problem Man. with. The league is saying, in, in a statement, the league is saying, we agreed to Nike filming some of this stuff. Nike's saying, we weren't doing any of this stuff. I really have a hard time uh, believing um, much of anything around this when it comes to the reporting, unless I hear it from anybody's mouth, because what's true? Yeah, I was told that the way that that particular location came to be the one that they used was that about a month ago or so, they did a Know Your Rights camp in Atlanta, and they met a dude who had access to this facility and in the scramble to try to find a place for them to have the workout. They got in touch with him, and he was then able to get that facility, which then actually had some hiccups after the fact. And it was interesting because I was talking to somebody in the office about this, and they were like, well, why didn't he get a facility a little bit closer to where they were already? And I was like, you need to understand Atlanta. The facility that's going to allow Colin Kaepernick to do this is going to be in Riverdale. It is not going to be in Flowery, Flowery Branch. Charles Drew High School is going to be a place where they allow him to do that, and that is not in Hall County. But, Monty, did it all ludicrous that uh, all of a sudden there's a group audition for Kaepernick when teams have had two and a half years to individually work him out? Yeah, no, none of this, like, the way the league handled this, scheduling over the time, and none of it makes any sense to me because nobody was talking about this, man. Like, this story had kind of been dead. They hadn't talked to Kaepernick camp in nine months. Like, nobody was really on this. Like, even somebody like me, where I kind of looked at it and been like, look, they're not going to hire him. I don't know I don't know what to do with this story at this point because it doesn't move. I just wind up saying the same things over and over again. I don't have a great handle on what moved them to behave in this way in this fashion at this time. There had to be a better way for the NFL to do this, but again, the problem with the NFL is, as much as it's easy to look at them and just be like, yo, their intentions are so nefarious, they're also so incompetent that I can't tell those two things apart. Are you buying uh, the reports that Jay-Z was influential in making all of that happen because of the reputation hit he was taking? I have been told that. I have not had two people tell me that, but I've definitely had one person tell me that, that for him, and look, and I would make the argument in terms of reputation, no Nobody's reputation has been harmed more by this than Jay-Z. Like, if there's somebody that's really pushing this because they want to look better in the end, he's the one that would have the greatest incentive. Now, I don't necessarily know, on the flip side, what leverage he would have over the NFL in order to make them do this. Or Rogers being like, you're right, Jay-Z, I'm going to do a solid for you. Um, I don't know. Maybe Bob Kraft, you know, they got they got some of the same rich buddies. Maybe he was able to push this. But I don't think anybody else involved in this needs their name to be cleaned up more than Jay-Z. Because, hey, man, when your car get pulled... That could be hard on your heart. What do you imagine that's been like for him? Because the reports are also that he's been real dis he was disappointed specifically with how that whole thing blew up this weekend. Yeah, I'm I'm very curious how all of this is for him because the truth is the people that are really disappointed by Jay Z, you don't really hang out with them, right? Although maybe his wife, right? She might be looking at him like look at you. I have no idea um, on that front. But Jay-Z's a billionaire, man. Like, And he is in billionaire circles, and in those people, he's probably doing just fine with them. But I think that he always saw himself as kind of being like uh, like, like uh, the, the prince of the slums, right? Like, this is, this is a story where you get to the top, and you're not supposed to do it. And you like to view your 
myself as a person that's still connected to those people. And those people looked up and were like, we don't know if you're connected with us anymore. And I don't think a guy like him ever gets so rich that they stop caring about that, especially when that connection is what he's been using to sell all these records for so long. What are the objectionable, according to Bomani Jones, again, high noon, weekdays, 4 p.m. on ESPN, and you can download the right time with Bomani Jones wherever you get your podcast. This uh, terrain has been plowed so thoroughly over the last three years, many people saying many of the same things. Which are the places, the, the complaints about Colin Kaepernick, where you're like, that's the most objectionable? Like, what one, two, three, in terms of you're watching it and you're like, stop doing that. That one's not right, not fair, not just. Well, the biggest one always was he wasn't good enough to play in the NFL. That was the one. I got to tell you, the, like, of all the arguments that have been made against Kaepernick, you asked that first, like, where I think the coverage has slipped. Actually, the answer to that is kind of the answer to this, which is all the straw men that were built up for keeping Kaepernick out of the NFL have fallen apart in the course of this season. Remember when the argument was, well, you know, teams aren't running the read option anymore, and a quarterback like that, you have to have, you know, things are very particular, and you got to da-da-da. Have you looked around at who's balling in the NFL this year? It's a lot of dudes with skill sets similar to Colin Kaepernick's. The whole idea was, well, you can't have him as a backup because you have to turn over your whole offense if you brought him in, and that would be too hard to do. Look at how Lamar Jackson wound up getting his job. When they did this thing at Flowery Branch um, at the Falcons facility, remember how everybody's thing is, we don't want the protest, we don't want all these angry people. It was two angry white folks and 20 Kappas that showed up there. When he gets down to Riverdale, and Clayton County ain't the Clayton County that it used to be, but it's still some white folks in driving distance. Ain't none of them show up to that workout. It was a bunch of people who supported him. So the circus that people say is supposedly going to come is just fans. Like, who doesn't want fans? Everywhere and at every turn and every argument that was made about Kaepernick not being able to play. You said, oh, well, he doesn't really want to play. He did all this to have the workout. Well, I mean, is he even in shape? You get down there, you see he's in shape. All these arguments have fallen apart. So what's left to keep him out? Rather than people being like, damn, I guess that stuff wasn't true, they just then go and look for new things to come up with to justify keeping him out. Mark my words, in 20 years from now, we'll be talking on whether or not Colin Kaepernick will be getting back into the league. Seriously? Just wait and see. 20 years from now, it'll never, ever end. It's pretty good for talk radio, especially on the sports realm, because it gives us something to talk about. guy that always has something to talk about, Hawkman and his partner Crowder. Earlier today, they were at the BB&T getting ready for the game that you're going to hear between the Panthers and the Flyers in just a few minutes. We're going to hear from Hawk and Crowder next on the Best of the Joe Show. One, two, three. Has it was plain to see. I go by the name of Jermaine Dupree. Dope man fresh in the place to be. It's the best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. I'm Dan Day, in a little while going to be hosting Trivia Night over at Duffy's Implantation on University. Come on, answer some questions, drink some beer, have some fun. Speaking of drinking beer, Hawk and Crowd are out at the BB&T Center, drinking some of that funky boot-up beer right now as we speak, getting ready. For the big Panthers-Flyers game, starting at 7 o'clock, Doug Plagans will have the call. Before Hawk and Crowder started downing that funky Buddha, we heard from them talking about betting against Phillip Rivers. Mark Walton, he gone. Knockoff drinks, and of course, some headlines. Here we go. Hawkman and Crowder live at the BB&T Center. That's some Panthers hockey on tap tonight, Panthers and Flyers. We always have a great time at the BB&T Center, and uh, today will be no different. Is there a greater pleasure on earth? I'm going to get to the Mark Walton stuff. We got a lot of stuff to get to. But is there a greater pleasure on earth 
than betting against Philip Rivers. <laughs> no, there isn't. Is there a greater pleasure on earth? You know, I, I we had money last night on uh, on Kansas City minus six, and I had zero fears in the world that Philip Rivers was going to lead them to that game tying, unless they would have gone for the win, which maybe they would have. I, I had zero fears in the world, and my only question was, is he going to throw a pick? Which he did. <laughs> well, he threw four. He, he should have thrown five, yep. but yes. around Matthew dropped yes. it, the damn punt that he dropped. But yes. yes. Oh, Phillip Rivers. They were, to all day today, they were talking about should they bench Phillip Rivers because Tyron Taylor is the backup. Thing. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, they were talking about Anthony Lynn knowing Tyrod. They wanted to bring him in. You know what? I did hear Phillip Rivers, this is his last year of his contract. Right. I don't think he's and, in charge of next season. And and uh, and he doesn't. Uh, who's moving? Oakland's moving. Yeah. They're not moving. Okay, so so uh, San Diego or San Diego, Los Angeles. Well, they're in the middle of that weird move yeah. with the soccer stadium. Right. It, can't you reset without Philip Rivers? I think you kind of have to. Yeah. As good as he is, right? We did a list. But is he that good? Well, we did a list from ESPN the other day, and it was the best quarterbacks to never have made it to a Super Bowl. Yeah. Right. It wasn't ones that had never won a. Super Super Bowl's best quarterbacks that have never made it to a Super Bowl. Yeah, because Marino wasn't on it because he made it Correct. and got beat. And Phillip Rivers was number one. I've never been a huge Phillip Rivers fan. Like, I, I think he's good. He's yes. better than most quarterbacks. But he's he's above average. But, yeah, he's never had uh, postseason success to the Super Bowl. He's had postseason success, but he's never gotten his team to a Super Bowl, and his time is running out. That's a great question. Do you bench him in favor of Tyrod Taylor? After last night's game, you have to have a conversation about it in the facility. I mean, the last couple games, right? Yeah. Didn't we bet against him a couple weeks ago, too, when he was throwing picks? He's throwing seven in two weeks should have been eight because Tyrod I mean uh Tyrod Matthew missed that one he's thrown seven in the last two weeks like yes there sh- there has to be a conversation right now amongst the Charger staff is Philip the guy to take us through the rest of the season I mean he's had 11 postseason games he's gotten to uh looks like the AFC uh conference finals once I mean he's you know he's got a great career there's no question about it and always had weapons. Ladanian yeah. Tomlinson yeah. was out there. He had probably the a top three tight end in NFL history with Antonio Gates. Still can't win the big game. Yeah, Phillips decent. Eight-time Pro Bowler, NFL passing yards leader in 2010, touchdowns leader in 2008, passer rating leader in 2008, completion percentage leader in 2013. I like him because he cusses people out on the offense. He has no problem. (laughs) Not just the offense. Everybody. Opposing (laughs) sidelines, concession stand workers. I've told this story. Don't get in his way. He was one of the only quarterbacks I ever played against that would talk trash. As like you throw a deep pass and everybody's running down the field to get ready for the next play, he would talk trash to the defensive players as y'all ran downfield. <laughs> I loved it. I love players like yeah. that, but I don't know if that if that leans me towards liking Phillip Rivers more than you should like him with his resume. Yeah, no, I mean, he's, I, it's a great question. I wouldn't want him down here. Would or wouldn't? Wouldn't. Yeah. No, I think his time has come and gone. Not that he's not going to have 400-yard games and uh, – He's top five in yards per game. I right. mean, uh, yards passing right now. And, and he's going to And he's going to throw – some dimes where you're like, wow, how did he do that? But I think uh, I think his better days are behind him. Um, so anyway, we're at the BB&T Center. We got a lot of stuff to get to. Mark Walton, man, some dudes are just not meant to be it. And he is that dude. That's just dumb. And it's unforgivable if what allegedly he's yeah. done, which is beat up a woman who told him on Sunday that she was pregnant with his child, 
um, unforgivable and, uh, you know, throw away the key. I mean, that's just uh, – uh, Hell with football. This man has mental illness. Obviously. You saw the video of his first arrest? The uh, reason he was saying. getting suspended, like, getting tased and jumping the fences, which was impressive, getting tased and jumping up and running <laughs> off. Got to say it. I'm sorry for the kids in the car. But, yes, the man has mental issue problems. I would say there's some substance abuse in there, allegedly, like all that stuff. But just me being a part of this, me being in the locker room, me knowing guys, me being around a lot of guys, positive and negative. I would say there's a lot mentally and substance-wise going on with Mark Walton. And as a team, I agree 100% with the Dolphins. Yeah. You can't carry this guy. If uh, if it was somebody's first offense and it was out of the blue and seemed out of character, that's one thing. Maybe let due process play out. This guy had to already be on a very short leash because of his troubles before. And as much as we were rooting for him down here, Hurricanes fans, and I thought he was as impressive. I thought he was one of the upside pieces for the Miami Dolphins. Dolphins this season, I think that's it for him in the NFL. You're suspended for getting arrested, and you get arrested. Why you're suspended for getting arrested, you can't play anymore. <laughs> that's a bad look. Like, you you know, because honestly, the suspension is to learn a lesson. Sure. We're suspending you to teach you that you did something wrong. We're suspending you to say, we totally disagree with your actions. And during that suspension, you do the same thing that we suspended you for? Yes. He's, he's I don't, I don't I think, in my mind, I don't know. I don't think Mark Walton ever touches the NFL. I don't really think good. so either. No. And especially because, and I, I hate to say it has to do also with on-field play, but he's not an all-pro running back. So, yeah, he's done. And, uh, you know, kudos to the Dolphins for giving him a chance, and uh, kudos to the Dolphins for releasing him when uh, when this this came to light yesterday. So there's other stuff to get to today. I am fascinated, fascinated by what has transpired here at our broadcast center at the BB&T Center. We're in the Coors Light cold zone. We're on the suite level of the BB&T Center. I get here. I show up with what I show up with every broadcast. One bottle of water. And that's the case designing. That's it. Yeah, he yeah. Didn't even get that. That's not the big boy. That's the case designing. Do you know where I got this designing? This was at the with a pancreatic cancer walk that I emceed <laughs> on Sunday. When you cross the finish line, they gave everyone a bottle of water. I wasn't thirsty then. Brought you're it here. St- you're stealing waters from charity walks. I mean, they offered it. I didn't get a. Uh, I didn't get a talent fee for emceeing. So <laughs> got that little eight ounce. Bottle. I got a little water. A uh, little water <laughs> bottle. So I show up. Hey, I do a broadcast. I show up with my bottle of water. That's it. Maybe I'll have uh, a dry throat or something. I'll take a little sip of water. Most part, four hours, I'm locked in. I don't, I don't need any assistance. <laughs> I get here. Tree, our on-site engineer, he has brought us Tangelo's, which is a tradition uh, for him, and we love it. And then he brought a big uh, thing. You know, they have the pre-cut watermelon at Publix. Brought us a big bowl of pre-cut watermelon. Everybody's got a little cold uh, going around, and uh, yeah. it's good to have some citrus. There you go. And, uh, and good to have some fruit. And then I look over. And by his little station, he's got a tray of sushi, almost a sushi boat. He's almost got his own sushi boat. It wasn't a couple pieces. And then, you know how you get the pre-made sushi at Publix and you get little uh, soy sauce packets. They give you a couple of packets of soy sauce. Dude bought a bottle. Tree ain't with them packets. Brought a bottle. So he brought a bottle of soy sauce. Brought one of those big ass Arizona iced tea cans. <laughs> the, you know, goes from the floor the, to the, the ceiling. Arnold Palmer's. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Half and half. he loves those. Yeah. And then brought us a bag of gummy bears. This is like a one pound bag of gummy bears. And he says to me, "Have you ever seen this brand before?" Because I'm only familiar with Haribo, mm-hmm. which is what I assume Dion Waiters yeah. was taking. If it's Albanese, I, I may get it. You know, <laughs> now I'm starting to. I may Albanese. side with Dion Waiters. So. Tree says to me, have you tried these gummy bears? They're better than those Haribo ones. Try it. Sure is bleep. 
They're better. The brand is Albanese. 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 Now Crowder sits down. Starts pulling stuff out of his bag like he's on Let's Make a Deal. D. Hall has just asked, does anybody have a bag of jelly bean medley? Yeah, this is, this is, by the way, I shared video of all this on Instagram. It's Radio Mark Hockman on Instagram. You can see he's got Crowder stopped at Cumberland Farms. Mm -hmm. And so whatever's cheap, he's got a bottle of Chill Zone Soda. That's the name brand, Chill Zone Soda. 89 cents. One of them is Purple Palooza. The other one is Cotton Candy Commander. Sweet, son. Cotton Candy Soda. You should be embarrassed (laughs) of yourself. How old are you? I'm 35. And you bought a bottle of Cotton Candy Commander. It looks good, though. You see, it, it, little, little Cotton Candy has looks, a headband on. I, yeah, it looks like Cotton Candy if Cotton Candy was Rambo. I'm <laughs> I, not even lying. It is. That's what, that's what it's a ridiculous-looking bottle. No one in their 30s has ever swigged from a <laughs> bottle like that before. That's what drew me to it. Not only did he bring those, he got fried pork rinds, the hot and spicy, yeah. blue almond, blue almond uh, smokehouse, uh, blue diamond smokehouse almonds. Ooh. Cumberland Farm Brands, Sweet Treat Candy, Marvelous Jelly Bean Medley. Well, let me be honest. If you buy two bottles of the Cumberland Farm soda, you get the free jelly beans. Can't imagine. So, I didn't I can't pick imagine out. they've had such a problem <laughs> selling those that they would have to give them away. I didn't jelly pick out the jelly medley. bean. But the lady said, sir, you get a free jelly bean. Oh. I said, you damn right give me my jelly bean. I will tell you, these Albanese uh, gummy bears are better than Haribo. Yes. And you're a gummy bear aficionado. I love gummies. These Albanese got something going, man. Albanese. Albanese. <laughs> At the Albanese. <laughs> I love it. Uh, anyway, post a video. Radio Mark Hockman on Instagram. Let's get headlines from our good friend Alejandro Solana. The big news of the day, guys, here in South Florida. Today's the MLS expansion draft. Good job. <laughs> I wanted him to hope that we dropped. I actually hoped we did drop. And <laughs> it like two teams involved? I had, I had hoped we dropped MLS expansion. I don't know. But they pick. It's 10 people going to oh, be picked. Oh, so you're saying that Miami's picking because they're an expansion team. Yeah. Right. The two expansion franchises will pick who's, in the So who's the other expansion draft. franchise? Uh, tennis, is it Tennessee? I don't remember. No research on this, huh? I, I thought about this because I heard, I heard it earlier today. There's 10 players being picked. This expansion draft's gonna last for twenty-two minutes. Nashville. Well, I, I, Nashville. I would say though, Nashville. I was, I was right. I, I would say that the uh, so it's a, but it's like a, any expansion draft, right? So yeah. you, you get to pluck players from other teams. Correct. But and the other franchises got to select players which they weren't going to allow to enter the expansion draft. What you were trying to say there is every team got to protect certain players. Yeah. I mean, we said the same thing there. You no, Not you said a medley of words that was so difficult <laughs> to understand. I felt the need to translate it for the listeners. We said as, the same thing. As in all expansion drafts, each team selected a list of players that they're going to protect, and the unprotected players are available for draft by the expansion teams, and they can probably only sn- uh, snag one player per team. Once you take someone's player, probably can't grab another player from that team. Yeah, each team was allowed to protect, I think, 12 players from their current roster, and there's like over 200 players in this pool where both both Inner Miami CF and Nashville SC will be allowed to uh, choose from. Okay, so the expansion teams, the mm-hmm. expansion franchises, yeah. 
Gotcha. Yeah. Expansion draft. Yeah, I'm locked in. Five thirty p.m. How did we get guys? bogged down in this? It doesn't even matter. Go ahead. What else you got? Five thirty p.m. tonight. Uh, I'll have Still. exclusive coverage on the expansion Still. draft. All right. Here. Well, we're leaving early. <laughs> Still talking about it, huh? Florida Panthers will host the Flyers tonight, seven p.m. at the BBNT Center, which is where the show is live from today. Yeah, looking forward to it. Panthers Flyers tonight. This place was lit on Saturday. Did I tell you I went here Saturday? You told us one hundred and seventy-seven. Couldn't remember. Couldn't remember. Anything else, Solana? The Portland Trailblazers have activated Carmelo Anthony for tonight's game versus the Pels. Yeah, he's going to wear double zero, I saw. Double zero. That's how much defense he's playing. (laughs) (laughs) 0.0. He's going to stay on. He's going to cherry pick the whole game. He's going to just stay on one side of the court. He's going to make Hassan Whiteside look like a hustle guy. (laughs) Melo, you don't play down here, bro? (laughs) Man, leave me alone, man. It's like uh, one homeless guy telling the other, this is my corner. That game tonight, by the way, 8 p.m. in NOLA. And Gronk announced yesterday he will not be making a return to the NFL this season. He also announced a party um, for the Super Bowl here that's going to take place in Miami. Actually, a great video that he sent out. I didn't watch it. You didn't watch it. It's pretty good. I actually uh, like him on, uh, was it Fox that I see him on? Does he do the the Thursday night game? I think he happens to be pretty good. Yeah, you put something in front of him. I mean, he's not the greatest thing ever. But he's better than I thought he was going to be. Yes. And then the video has, like, the devil angel thing on his shoulder where it's, like, football Gronk and party Gronk. You got to watch it. It's pretty good. That's funny. Gronk is my type of guy. He is welcome to come party with me here in South Florida at any time. And you can party with us, Hawk, Crowder, Solana, and myself weekdays right here on 560 The Joe from 3 to 6. You can always relive the party by downloading the podcast for this show or any of the shows on the radio station wherever you get your podcasts, the radio.com app, or you can go to our website, WQAM, for absolutely free. On the way, Doug Plagans and the team going to be getting you ready for the big puck drop between the Panthers and the Flyers. It's going to be a great match. Got to be believing in the Panthers. We'll be having the pregame, the postgame, the whole game right here on 560 The Joe. I'm Dan Day. Till next time, this is the Best of the Joe Show. Later, slug. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.